Welcome to the Blackstone Podcast. I'm Joe Zeidel, Chief Investment Strategist. Today I'm joined by Prakash Mawani. Prakash is a Senior Managing Director here at Blackstone and the Chief Investment Officer of our private equity group. He chairs each of its investment committees, and since joining Blackstone in 2003, he's led a number of our key investments in industries ranging from energy to food. Prakash also spearheads our efforts to understand how Blackstone's portfolio companies are responding to the macroeconomic environment. As we speak, the equity and credit markets are continuing a strong run, with record highs in the S&P 500 being set almost every day now. And that's in an environment where economic growth is slowing, profits growth is negative, profit margins rolled over, and revenue growth slowed to a crawl. This juxtaposition between high valuations and weakening fundamentals makes it an especially interesting time to sit with you, Prakash. So with that, thanks for being here. Thanks, Joe. Today, we'll discuss some of the insights from your quarterly survey of our portfolio company CEOs. In particular, we'll discuss how our companies are coping with a more challenging macro environment. But before we begin, I wonder if you could just share some of the background on the survey of Blackstone portfolio company CEOs. How does it work and who participates? Uh, well, as you know, Joe, one of the things we try to do at Blackstone is take advantage of the scale and breadth of our businesses to glean intellectual capital to make us better investors. So probably seven or eight years ago in the private equity business, we decided to take surveys and get forward-looking data from our portfolio companies so we'd have a better idea of um, when we're setting up new deals, what's likely to come down the road. Um, as you know, we have a large private equity portfolio, almost 100 companies, and it spans a broad range of industries. So we, we get information from some of those portfolio companies and the data we collect from our other businesses, our debt business in GSO, our hedge fund business, and our a very large real estate business. And we sit down with the results from those surveys with the heads of businesses and senior people from across the firm. And we have a real-time view of what's going on in the economy. And those are fascinating sessions where you really see the power of Blackstone at work. I'm excited that we're able to share some of that with our listeners today. So maybe just getting started, uh, looking at the last survey, what were the main takeaways from your perspective? I think there were probably two major takeaways. The first is uh, there's decelerating growth, um, both in the U.S. and abroad. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. I think some of the trade frictions have caused a uh, reduction in capital spending um, in the U.S., for example, and um, have directly affected other economies, such as the Asian economies or Europe, where exports are more important to them. And then in the U.S., I think the thing we've been watching out for for some quarters is margin pressure. And we saw this quarter a continuation of margins beginning to turn down a little bit. And that's something, as again, we, we are keeping a close eye on. We've seen our company citing one of their top risks pretty consistently for most of 2019 has been the ability to hire and, and retain qualified workers. What's the impact that that's having on our CEO outlooks? Also, how does that translate into profits and, and profit margins and things like that? One of the things we do in private equity, obviously, is try to identify things to improve the companies in which we invest. And we pre-identify those before we make the investment and we try to execute very actively on those once we close the deal. But I think if you're looking at the average company out there um, that, that may not have those opportunities to offset wage pressures, I think the base case should be that it's going to be hard for them to increase margins much more. I do want to just share some perspective from public company data, particularly on the growth outlook. You know, we've seen CEOs of small businesses like the NFIB, we've seen their confidence rollover, and a lot of that seems to be tied to trade. Given trade as a backdrop here, is there anything that you'd pull out of the survey that suggests our companies are worried about trade? 
I think it really depends by sector. So I definitely see a slowdown on industrial companies in particular, which are most directly affected by trade. And you can see it in their plans for capital spending and otherwise. But many of our consumer-facing companies continue to be quite strong, as the consumer is strong right now. And so I think the question is, how long does this continue and whether it really uh, leads to a broader turndown? Based on what we're seeing, I don't see it spilling over into a recession in 2020. I think there's a profit cycle going on, but not an economic cycle. And that profit cycle seems a little bit disconnected from the, the economic cycle at, at this point, right? Actually, in a funny way, they're both so, two sides of the same coin. If you think about it, tight labor markets and higher wages are what's causing margin pressure. Mm-hmm. But those same things mean the consumer is strong. Yeah. And so you are beginning to see uh, that sort of bifurcation. We've seen three of these profit cycles in the past seven or eight years. We've had periods of accelerating and decelerating profits, but no recession. And I think you're just going through another one of those cycles, a third one we've seen. And for the same reason, the strong consumer, I just don't see a recession coming, certainly in the next 12 to 15 months. Yeah, it does seem like, um, you know, the dividing line between a third mini recession and maybe the end of the cycle will ultimately be trade. Because from the beginning of this trade war in early 2018, analysts have consistently underestimated the damage that's being done from trade. But what we've realized now is global growth's come down by over $700 billion over that same time. And the IMF recently downgraded its estimates to global growth again. So it seems like trade is having a real impact. Now, focusing on the more global side of our portfolio, have we seen companies moving out of China or doing other things to kind of shore up those potential risks? You are definitely seeing supply chains get reorientated away from China. So companies that uh, heavily rely on imports from China are looking at other places like Vietnam, Cambodia, for example. And I think that is something that doesn't reverse very quickly. Once people reorient their supply chains, they don't just suddenly flip them back to China. And that goes both ways. It's Chinese companies that may be now sourcing their technology from away from the U.S. will not necessarily come back to us when this trade skirmish is over. So notwithstanding all of that, when you look at our CEO surveys, they remain relatively comfortable about the outlook for 2020. Uh, But as we look at GDP growth over the course of the next decade in the United States, we have to expect just a a lower growth profile, right? If you look at population growth and productivity, there's an argument that says GDP growth over the long term in the United States probably won't be any more than 2% per annum, or at least that will be the the, the benchmark. So with a, a lower growth profile altogether and the potential for higher rates, What does that do to the private equity outlook over the course of the next few years? That's a great question. So I agree with you. I think real GDP growth is going to be about 2%. And you have inflation on top of that. So say another 2%. So you have 4% nominal GDP growth. If you accept the premise that margins may have peaked in the U.S., that means profit growth is only going to be 4% across, you know, all companies. Mm -hmm. So obviously some sectors will have faster profit growth, some will have slower. And you've got to therefore be good at picking your sectors. I think the reason a lot of money has come into private equity in the last few years and will continue to do so is because what I mentioned a few minutes ago, we actually try to find ways to improve the companies in which we invest, get profit growth meaningfully in excess of what you can get out of the economy as a whole. And that's how we generate the alpha we try to provide our investors. But I tend to agree with you that as we think about 2020 and beyond, public equities, I think, are going to be challenged because I do think that the profit margins will continue to be an issue. Uh, slower GDP growth will be an issue. But then there's also the question of, you know, this is a late cycle environment. One of the things that I consider to be a risk out there is that once you have the inversions of the yield curve, that starts a countdown timer. So I don't think we'll end up in a recession in the next 
you know, six to 12 months, but I do think that it officially marks a late cycle environment. That said, what are some things that, broadly speaking, in our private equity portfolios that we would do to prepare for the end of the cycle? Or what are some things that investors ought to be cautious about? So we spend a lot of time company by company, situation by situation, making sure that we're focused on optimizing their businesses. And that includes, if we see things slowing down, making sure they're taking the appropriate steps. As I said, right now, we're not seeing signs of recession, but what we are seeing is the margin pressure through wages that I talked about. And we're actively talking to our CEOs, CFOs, and management teams about what are you doing to offset those? What can you do in other areas to improve productivity? And that really, again, that sort of focus, that strong governance is, is what we bring to the table. And so we're actively involved with those companies. Well, going beyond the CEOs, how do you see the outlook for economic activity and just the overall health of the corporate sector? I, I think it's very good. You know, honestly, I, I don't see the imbalances that we've seen in prior cycles. So, you know, in 2007 or eight, there were lots of signs of excess, both in the housing market and even on corporate balance sheets. And I just don't see those excesses. I think the scars of 2008 are still very fresh in people's minds. I see a lot of prudence on the right-hand side of balance sheets. And there's been a real bifurcation even recently in the new issuer market. If you look at the sort of slightly more story credits, they're getting really penalized with big spreads. And if you're a good, solid, safe credit, um, you get a pretty tight spread. And that gives me a, a good impression that the markets are actually working the way they should. And the canary in the coal mine in most of the previous cycles for me has been the high yield market. That's where the silly stuff started to happen and where the first signs of cracks appeared. And I don't see that this time. Well, I think your comments really do a lot to, to underscore the point that if you, if you think about an economy sort of like a pendulum, the further you swing to one extreme, the further back you're going to swing to the other extreme. And at least in the real economy and on corporate balance sheets, we really haven't been out there on extremes. Well, I think with that, Prakash, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you, Joe. And uh, that's it for this episode. Stay tuned for future podcasts and keep up with our latest market views by visiting blackstone.com forward slash insights. Neither this podcast nor any of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or instrument in or to participate in any trading strategy with any Blackstone fund or other investment vehicle. Past performance is not indicative of future results and there is no assurance that any Blackstone fund will achieve its objectives or avoid significant losses. This podcast may contain forward-looking statements. Such statements are subject to various risks and uncertainties. For information about Blackstone's business, including risks and financial information, please refer to our public filings at ir.blackstone.com.